This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the man wearing an amazing ham and slam shirt, always bringing the t-shirt heat to Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? I have to thank you for this shirt because you're the one that got it for me. That's right. And I have your shirt sitting in my closet, so I need to send that over to well, you. Well, yeah, well, we'll find a way to make the exchange. Um, Jeremy, did you get me a shirt that we'll, we'll talk about at some point? <laughs> yeah, it may not be the greatest shirt to be wearing at the moment, but right now, it is a shirt. When it was ordered, great shirt. Uh, now, it, 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 some time may have to pass before I can wear it. Let's just. I did it wear way. it to the grocery store, and I got some like positive feedback. Well, it's because you know you probably don't have the diehards who know exactly what's happening. You know, with right. every member, maybe of of that of that place, but yeah. But that yeah. being said, it is a great shirt, and we will debut it at some point, hopefully after uh, some lessons have been learned. Uh, let's just let's just <laughs> leave it there. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts, and if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. And for our Spotify people, we've been showing you a lot of love lately, so. Show us that love back. Um, hit hit follow on Spotify and uh, and listen to us on there. Also, shout out to everyone on Apple Podcasts for uh, we were the largest jump in all of wrestling podcasts on Apple Podcasts. We we leapt up like a hundred and something odd spots. I took a screenshot of it, posted it. Yeah, it's incredible. So which yeah, was crazy. Everybody that's been like helping us out on Apple Podcasts. Spotify users, we scratched your back. Let's like scratch ours a little bit and like let's let's hit that subscribe button. But uh thank you again to everybody who has been on this journey with us, especially the people that have been with us from day one when we we're just a couple of jabronis talking about WrestleMania for Yeah, we weren't hours, e- we so. weren't even two jabronis yet. We we're just a couple of jabronis. Make sure you also follow us on uh social at two jabronis uh, at two jabronis pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit this red button. Subscribe. Com- right and, here. And oh, upvote. Uh, hit that red button. That's at Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss. And you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. Now, Ben, 
tonight was an epic night of wrestling. It was, it was. something that just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I know this probably because NXT really wanted to counter program the first night of Fighter Fest. But man, this turned into a pretty solid night of wrestling. Oh, no, absolutely. And, we, and we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, so that is and should be the main event. And for this week's main event, man, uh, again, Wednesdays are in general just big nights in wrestling. This felt huge, uh, mm-hmm. obviously because of the names that were involved, both the wrestlers actually involved in the matches, but the names of the pay-per-views <laughs> themselves, right? Like at, at at their core, it was just, you know, an episode of Dynamite um, and an episode of NXT. But once you kind of put that layer on it of, you know, NXT being the Great American Bash and uh, Dynamite being Fighter Fest, it just adds, you know, w- whether we see through it or not, it, it's it's a little bit more special. And, and you can just tell that they've they tried to do that with the uh, the matches that were involved. So, uh, first of all, uh, I'm always inter- interested to see, like, when they have these big nights going against each other with counter programming, how do you attack it? Are you like... I, I'm going to try to watch both. I'm going to watch this, then watch, you know, the second one so, later. Yeah. So I try to watch both, but that becomes a little bit problematic because I also have kids. Um, sure. Yeah. So like <laughs> I have kids running around. I have to watch two wrestling shows. So I try to, I, it, I try to start with two and then I end up just kind of focusing on one and yeah. then going back to the other um, and keeping track of the other one in real time on Twitter. Um, I know you were watching tonight on both. Uh, you were watching both at the same time, but you also have a setup that I don't have the luxury of having. You have an incredible garage. I uh, just- I took the BR setup that uh, we we had the privilege of working with uh, many many moons ago, and I and I I tried to implement that here. Basically, uh, I'm a child, and I just want to watch <laughs> everything at the same time. But no, it was a uh, it was pretty fantastic to be able to watch both because you you know we. In when in previous episodes we've kind of gone like back and forth with Dynamite and NXT and you you know on paper you're like well this match went against this match when you see it in real time it's it's pretty crazy mm-hmm. uh, you know especially like so you know both shows just ended we had the uh, the tag team title match on on Dynamite going right again right up against Io Shirai and Saucer Banks uh, on on NXT and it was just like. This is so much good wrestling <laughs> that it is. Yeah. It's almost a, it's almost too much to take in, and you're it's it's just it, it it's a lot. It's a lot of good stuff just coming at you right away. Right, and I'm also wondering how much does each brand know about what they're doing in terms of their programming? Because I don't know if you remember when what was it the first night of AEW and NXT counter programmed with. Adam Cole versus Finn. It was Finn's um, debut, right? Huh? Was it? Oh, wait. It was the the Cole match, and then Finn debuted. Yeah, it was right. the Adam Cole Matt Riddle match, and then Finn debuted. Like, I'm wondering how much they actually know what is going on at what time, um, because I mean, what's going up against each other is is really interesting to me. I mean, they had the Fatal Four Woman match um, on NXT going up against. MJF and Wardlow and Jurassic Express. Yep. Um, and then shortly after that was Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford. So like those are just interesting dynamics to kind of to to witness in real time. Um that Fatal Four Woman match was pretty freaking great, by the way. Yes. I mean, 
Yep. Uh, I think I called this um, around in your house, maybe before that Tegan Knox needs to be in the main event picture for the women's title. And now she is going to be, um, this is much deserved. She's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations with her knees. Um, but she's been on fire since she's been hundred percent healthy. Obviously her feud with Dakota Kai really kind of elevated her and she had some really great matches. Um, that street fight that she had, I think at NXT Portland or NXT worlds collide. Um, that was one of my favorite, favorite matches, um, early on in the year. So, to see her now get a shot at EO, I am extremely excited about it. I think that could be a really great feud. I'm also excited about it. My my only question about it is, so like they've been kind of painting EO as a face lately, uh, ever since she won the title anyway. And, you know, that did sort of happen organically too. Like when she won the title at In Your House, there was just this genuine feeling of, oh, yeah, like she deserves this so, so much where it was you didn't, you know, even though she was a heel character, at, you know, in that moment, you just didn't feel that. You're like, no, nah, she's she's dope. She deserves this moment. So now we've got kind of a face face thing happening. Um, I'm just wondering, do they figure out a way to either turn one of them? I mean, that would obviously be the easiest solution. Or do you? mix in a Dakota Kai into the mix, you know, to, although that would take away te- the technical number one contendership of Tegan Knox, you know, d- do you kind of, do you, do you do that? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm spitballing here. I don't think, I don't think you turn Tegan heel. I think the easiest way, easiest thing for them to do is just to kind of lean back into what EO was before she won the title. I know a lot of people want to see her as a baby face right now, but her character is, supposed to be a heel she's supposed to right. be a little crazy and a right. little loony um so i think they can find ways to kind of lean back into that um i mean tegan knox is a white meat baby face i don't think you can change that yep period like it, she is so white hot as a baby face it's so natural to her as a, to be a baby face so um i think you you keep it the way it is and maybe just kind of tweak eo a little bit Sure. Uh, not so much where it becomes a little problematic, but I think you can do what you can do now is just kind of just start giving the little hints again that she's a heel. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think that can be an excellent match. Now on the flip side, um, sorry, my dog is barking because no, he's, he's excited about this match too. It's, it's fine. He doesn't really enjoy when people walk around my house. He's <laughs> just like this. Old, he's like the old man that yells, get off my lawn. That is my dog. Um, he gets really upset. Um, anyways, um, on the flip side of this, AEW was counter-programming with MJF and Warlow versus Jurassic Express. Now, this was a pretty decent match. I think the biggest thing coming out of this is they are 100% hinting and leaning toward MJF versus Wardlow. This is where we're going. Yeah, it's a split. They're already like starting to split. The finish kind of hinted at we're gonna get we're gonna get this match because MJF hit Wardlow with the ring on accident, accident. But yeah. Um, yelled at him though can you do anything right fantastic delivery I think they're just kind of starting this road where MJF is the asshole that nobody can get along with even his bodyguards so um, I'm looking forward to that my dog will just not stop barking he also Um, he also is excited for this MJF yeah he's a big MJF fan yeah I've tried I tried really hard tonight to get trolled in in uh, roasted by MJF by calling him unathletic. TBD. Uh, you just said that to me before we started recording. From so the, yeah, from the show. That's account. my goal. Like if I, 
I get something, I'll be set for life. So he, he did roast us in. Uh, do you remember when he did the AMA in the BR? Yeah, app? we we threw yeah, in a he, couple questions, then he roasted us, and it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I also think I called out a legal problem that he's he's going to be facing. The fact that he's using the dodgeball line as his catchphrase, right? Uh, he had no comment for that, so. <laughs> Um, I'm sure Ben Stiller's uh, lawyers have been in touch with him, but yeah, uh, I'm all for MJF versus Wardlow. MJF's been kind of he's been great as a singles competitor, but he's been kind of floating around ever since his feud with Cody. Like they haven't really elevated him to the next level. So MJF versus Wardlow have a little bit of a split. Um, I'm fine with that. I think that'd be great. Um, his, they his followed momen- that up on his momentum was a little bit slowed because he got hurt. Right, like there right. was some medical issues that. I don't think fully came to light, but I believe he was just hurt and he couldn't perform. So that kind of slowed the momentum he had after he beat Cody because that was, you know, that was, a, a you know, a, a, a springboard into kind of launching him into the main event picture. Yeah. Um, like he, I don't know why he wasn't kind of more in the, the TNT title mix, but same, you know, it's at the end of it, if this is kind of like a long play uh, to, to kind of get him back in there eventually. Yeah, I mean, Cody defended the title tonight, so maybe MJF is the guy who who eventually beats him for it. Maybe that's what their their plan is. But I didn't want to say about this match. Luchasaurus had a couple spots, uh, and and Jungle Boy too, where I was like, those that was, was kind of dope. Luchasaurus for a man that size to be able to move the way that he does is pretty bewildering. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's fantastic geez. to watch. He is a specimen, and it's crazy to think that he didn't work out in NXT. Um, That's insane to me. That yeah, is insane. it's also crazy because like they probably would have never let this Luchasaurus gimmick go on at NXT. So he he's been obviously in the right yeah. spot. Um, it's it's wild because like when he came into the AEW, I kind we were all on the hype train, and I'm still on the hype train. I still love Luchasaurus. I still love the uh, Jurassic Express, but I think a lot of that that um, celebratory feeling for for luchasaurus and that fandom has kind of shifted over to jungle boy yes and jungle boy is starting to ride that wave yep um which is great because jungle boy is awesome really Um, he is a future star but it's just crazy to think that like that's all kind of shifting um and it's it's it might be because i actually picked um jurassic express to win the tag titles during that tournament and then luchasaurus had got that injury right the first night i think that kind of tempered everything so um, maybe they'll start like putting some more effort behind Jurassic Express and get them more involved in the the main tag team title picture. Right now, they're just kind of fluctuating, sure, uh, a little bit below the 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 main event. But like I said, they followed that up with the women's title match, which was surprisingly good. Considering uh, I'm not a huge fan of Penelope Ford's wrestling, uh, I'm not trying to shit on her at all. Like she's way more athletic, way more like a much better wrestler than I could ever be. I'm just not a huge fan of it. Um, she showed out tonight, though. She did show out. She put yeah. on a pretty solid match, and Hikaru Shida is awesome. Um, yeah, she's really good. I loved it. I also really loved that like cartoonish spot that she did with Kip Sabian <laughs> around the kendo stick. Like, <laughs> well, he just tossed it up after yeah. like one kind of forearm at this yeah. time. Like, I really enjoyed that shit. I thought this match was great. Um, like you said, Penelope Ford showed out. She really carried her weight there. Um, and performed ex- exceeded my expectations. So, the women's division in AEW has s- some pretty solid, um, like up and comers. 
still not as deep as I would hope it would be. And obviously Britt Baker being out kind of limits that, but uh, it's a good sign to see some quality ma- matches outside of like those top three or four people uh, in the women's division. The, in AEW. the fact that they've been able to keep the division more than a float, a float is kind of like my, my default setting there on what to say, but the, you know, it, it's, uh, she has been fa- fantastic as champion. And if, you know, if she can hold on for when Britt comes back, when she heals and she's able to compete again, like that's going to be a fantastic feud because Britt, again, she's on fire without being able to wrestle. And that's, that's insane to me. I mean, that that's, I guess not insane. Like Orange Cassidy kind of has that um, allure about him as well. But for Britt to literally not be able to compete and still just be on the top of everyone's mind when you're thinking about the AEW women's division, that's, I mean, kudos to her for, for being able to do that because that's that takes something special she to is, remain relevant. She is on fire. And, and like you said, she really hasn't done much. She's been sitting in a wheelchair just kind of putting on that gimmick and that role model gimmick is just so perfect right now. Um, I have nothing but respect for Britt Baker and the work that she's put in um, because like we, we've discussed this uh, numerous times in this podcast that we both thought she could be the first champion and that just never went anywhere. And she kind of stagnated in, in that women's division. And now she is back to the top doing something completely different than what she was brought in do, doing. And she's really built herself into a star and really, um, shown an ele- uh, evolution that I don't think a lot of people expected from her. Yeah, no. So, I mean, when we were talking about her at the beginning, kind of at the beginning of AEW in general, we thought, or, or, or just the way she was packaged, I think she was just, you know, this straight up baby face and we we're just supposed to root for her. Um, she's she's a dentist or, or whatever. And it, it kind of just took this different type of character for her to really, really take off. And, you know, absolutely shout out to her. Shout out to my wife, by the way, who's in the background. <laughs> just <laughs> grabbing, grabbing her. Uh, we're out. Hi, Karen. There she is. Uh, <laughs> she's all saying hi to listeners. We, we, she was grabbing her dinner. Um, but no, it's this this version of Britt Baker is uh, is fantastic. I can't wait till till she gets back. Um, so that was countered with on the NXT side. I believe it was was it the Thatcher Lorkin match or was it real? Yes, that match is so good. Yeah, I was- love Timothy Thatcher. Man, he's awesome. Do, do, do we know? Do we know what happened to his teeth? He's just—he looks like a hockey player, just missing all kinds of teeth for absolutely no reason. I mean, I'm for it. I mean, he's—he's <laughs> he's a badass. Like he doesn't need teeth. Like let him beat the shit out of people and lose some teeth every now and again. Like I—I I think he needs to be in the title picture, whether it's North American or NXT title picture. He needs to be up there. The fact that he. Uh, was the person to send Riddle out of NXT, just kind of elevates him a little bit more. Yep. Um, and he has a style that may not like be a super appealing to a lot of people or to like the mainstream audience, but to people that really like stiff kind of work matches, things that look real and feel like feel like a work, like he's your guy. I mean, he put some yeah. quality stuff in there. And that's crazy to think that he's here because of Pete Dunn not being able to travel, right? Like mm-hmm. if if Pete Dunn is just kind of able to defend the tag titles with Riddle on a regular basis, Thatcher's not here. Thatcher's not in this spot. 
So, um, you know, obviously, I, I think he's happy with the spot that he has been given. Obviously, I don't think he's probably thrilled with the circumstances <laughs> that surrounded that, where it's like a global pandemic had to kind of put him or help put him in this spot. But no, he's he absolutely deserves it. He's he's been on fire ever since he kind of came on to fill Pete Dunn's shoes. So shout out to him and, and shout out to Oni as well for for putting on a really really good match. Let's stay on the NXT side uh, before we go back to AEW. Rhea Ripley in a strange strange handicap match <laughs> taking on Aliyah and Robert Stone. And I did not realize this that the stipulation was had. Rhea lost, she would have had to join the Robert Stone brand. <laughs> yeah, this is the so this was the match and the storyline that just was the least appealing to me going in. This Robert Stone brand has not taken off to the way that they I think they anticipated. I mean, obviously they put Chelsea Green with them to start, and that was kind of their attempt to kind of elevate everything. But she now left, she's gone. She left him so quickly. Yeah. Almost too quickly. Too quickly and just kind of like out of the blue. Yeah. Like it was it, like, oh, he's, it he's didn't gone. Even, it didn't even happen on TV. I think it happened on a uh, like a behind the scenes right segment that they aired on Twitter. So it wasn't even a bit. I mean, obviously, the weeks thereafter, you know, he sh- they showed him all disheveled and kind of losing his stuff. But at least he's he, at least he has a Leah now and kind of in the mix. So there's there's some hope there. Uh, his his fit tonight was <laughs> the glasses, the boxing shorts. Uh, it was a look. It looked like a Halloween costume. But he does put together some serious fits, though. Like he his does. Suits. He's well dressed. Are yeah. Are nice. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I commend him for that because when like when he was when they were trying really hard to push it, and he was actually rocking some serious like suits. Like I mean, they were fly. I, I, they're I'd rock uh, them. yeah. They're very. Um, we don't have a suit sponsor, so I'm not going to name any names, but it looked like ones that if you heard them on a podcast and they were like, hey, we make custom made suits, they'd be like, oh, OK. Uh, yeah, that looks like what Robert Stone ordered all the time. And probably and it's also cr- it's crazy to think that this is where Rhea Ripley is right now. Yeah. When and, uh, a few months ago, she was in a huge feud with Charlotte around the NXT title going into WrestleMania and now she is in a C-level feud with Robert Stone and Aaliyah. Yeah, they got to What the fuck? They got to rebuild her um and put her back kind of in the title picture where she deserves to be. Obviously it's cool that again like that we mentioned Tegan is getting her shot at it now because you know it it looked like for a while that Rhea was just Rhea and Io were just going to be it. Like that was going mm-hmm. to be the definitive women's title feud for a while but again maybe they had to slow play this a little bit because of Rhea she had some I believe it was some travel issues right kind of around the time like after she lost the title so again Charlotte had to carry the belt for a little bit but uh, again short end of it Rhea needs to be back in in the main title picture she's just too good for I this. know that I know that Tripp said that like three months the decision to put the belt on Charlotte will make a ton of sense. Now Charlotte is out for an exp- extended period of time. This mini run that she had where she defeated, um, she like went through and had a couple of like uh, title versus title matches and all that kind of stuff. She had some fun matches. Like It just doesn't make sense in the long run as to why you would take the belt off of Rhea when she was white hot. 
Yeah. It still doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think they're going to be able to justify it in a few months. It's it really sucks for me and to think about like where Rhea was in that moment. Will she like she probably will have a moment like that again because she is so young, but like she was on top of the women's division. She was the cream of the crop. The fact that Charlotte picked her after winning the Royal Rumble shows that she was the cream of the crop when it comes to the women's division across all of WWE. Even with Becky there, she was hotter than Becky at yep. that moment. And now Absolutely. she is gone. And it's just so frustrating to see what I see as like short-sighted booking get in the way of a really special run and something that could have really elevated her to be in the same level as Charlotte and Becky in the long term. So, uh, well, unless what about this? Like Bailey's running out of legitimate title contenders kind of on the SmackDown side. Right? Like Not really. Look, well look, Nikki Cross, that's that's a nice little feud. I I don't know if that's like something I'm super excited to see, but you move Rhea to one of these two shows or SmackDown or Raw. I don't know. That that's kind of dope. Like Raw, for whatever reason, they've all but given up on Shayna Baszler. That I'm like scratching my head every day about. But I mean, if you, if you like the NXT women's division is pretty stacked, it's pretty deep. Maybe it is time for this is the time to move Rhea to a SmackDown. Like Rhea Bailey, that excites me more than a lot more than what Bailey could be doing on The only thing is like Bailey has. I would say three feuds kind of lined up here. So the, so the Sasha has, thing is there, right? That's she's got Nikki there. Cross, she's got Sasha, but she also has Sonya Deville. Sure, Sonya's Sonya's also there. I, I, I like SmackDown or Raw. That's that's all. I'm, I'm gonna throw it out there. Maybe it is time for her to move on. Yeah, it pains me because, like, like you said, Raw is just like just flat out forgot about Shayna Baszler to a degree. I have no understanding as to why. Insane. Insane. Same, and like, and they have Nia Jax there. They have Alska there. Like, they have, they have a decent women's division. It's just like I don't understand what they're doing, but it still is really confusing to me as to what they're trying to do with Rhea Ripley at this moment because she was so red hot that the fact that now she's in this feud, um, is a little befuddling. So moving on, befuddling, befuddling word. Uh, I think so. It could be. It's, We're making it a word. It is now a word. Yeah. Befuddling. Yeah, it um, means weird. It means weird, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've go. had a long week, and it's not even Thursday yet. Yeah, I know. So it's, uh, I had a long like last three hours. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but it was just I wanted to throw something. It was a time. So yeah, it was. It was. It was a time. It was a time. Um, moving on, Cody versus Jake Hager. Um, this was a match. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was solid. It was, it was okay. Um, I I don't know how to even like describe this. Like, I love Cody's work. I think Cody has Cody is the best storyteller in and maybe outside of the ring going on right now. Uh, yeah. I think I've uh, talked about his skill set uh, many times on this podcast. I feel like he is being done a disservice by the TNT Championship. I don't know if it is worth his stature and worth his time. Do you it think it's, ha- is it overexposure? Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? 
I know that they want to use him to elevate that title and use it and have somebody that has cachet to bring it up. Right. But I don't know if he has the cachet to bring it up, if that makes sense. Like, I think he would have been great with the AEW belt because the AEW belt would have already had cachet. It would have already been the, the top belt. It sure. would have helped him stay like relevant and made it make him feel important. I'm struggling with him making the TNT belt important. I just don't know if he has that kind of pull. Yes, he is great in the ring telling stories. Yes, he is great outside of the ring telling stories. But I still struggle with him being the guy to elevate a belt as a la Chris Jericho. Sure. I does just, that make sense? It, it it does. But if I'm looking at the alternative, which was at the time Lance Archer, I don't know if that does it at all either. At the very least, they're making the TNT belt very, very visible. Right, like he's defending right. the title very consistently. They're they're making they're having these press conferences to make it give it that fight feel, that real fight feel. So they are trying different things with it uh, because look, the the AEW title isn't there every week or isn't featured every week. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the best or the reason why Mox isn't there because he's you know he's quarantining right now. But um, and that's not to say Mox doesn't show up to work because he does. But there's, it's just like longer plays with, with the world title, right? Like you won't have yeah. world title matches on Dynamite every week. That's just not smart to do. Like you got to save those for the big events, save those for the pay-per-views. The TNT title, it's brand new. It, it technically doesn't have, like you said, it doesn't have that cachet just yet. So I think just to make it more visible and to put it on the guy who's literally the face of the company, I think is that it's... It's at least an interesting move where you're like, I could kind of understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, I get it. I, don't get me wrong. I get what they were trying to do. I think ultimately with the feel that they had in the tournament, it was the right call to put it on him because everybody else probably would have been worse. Yeah. I think if they really wanted to make that belt special to start, you put it on Kenny Omega. You put it on... Uh, yeah. MJF with that belt would have been fucking it. MJF is, yeah. And that's why I do think at some point MJF is going to take that title from Cody because then he's going to have these two things over him. And th that's just going to add his fuel to his character, which will be fantastic. But yeah, I mean, yeah. this this match, you know, Cody and Hager tonight was, it was solid. It was okay. Uh, the shenanigans was cool. Yeah, the shenanigans at the end were um, were interesting and... I think they made a little bit too big of a deal of Hager hitting the ref. <laughs> it was like, yeah, man, this is professional wrestling. That that shit happens all the time. So, what do you think of Jake Hager? Like, how do you how have you been um, reacting to his return to the ring? Obviously, there was that long time where he wasn't in the ring. He was just kind of like the enforcer. The yeah. What do you? How are you feeling about his return to the ring? I I think he's fine in the ring. I think he's solid. But he's still just like even when he was Jack Swagger back in WWE, he just never did anything for me. Like that's that's never that's what I in. feel too. And I'm trying to look at Jake Hager differently than I looked at Jack Swagger. Right? I think they made Jack Swagger a little bit too cartoonish in WWE. Um, like the only segment that I rewatch with him in it consistently is when Christian came back to ECW uh, to challenge him for the title. Like when Christian was in TNA for a while, he came back. So. Like you, Jack Swagger was not. I was just kind of like, all right, I I guess like he's there. He's he's clearly good at what he does. He has a good pedigree behind him. 
But now, I mean, even tonight, I'm just watching his match with Cody and still I was trying to get excited about it, right? Because in I'm also looking at it like, yo, this is one of the first legitimate contenders for Cody. Kind of looking mm-hmm. at it like that. But again, at the end of it, just kind of like it went back to Jack Swagger mode. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was fine that it happened. It was a match. But um, I think joining Inner Circle is smart, like to be a part of that collective because I think it does elevate him as a singles competitor in a singles match, still kind of lacking that it factor for me. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I'm hoping that, like, I know that they want to do the weekly matches with the TNT title. I'm hoping that they just, like, they give it a long term feud with somebody because that's when Cody's at his best, when he yeah. can actually tell a story. Yep. Totally um, agree. And maybe that will change my opinion about the thing. Maybe that will be the moment where I realize, oh, he has elevated the belt because right now he can't do anything on a week to week basis. Like he's just literally going in and working a match. And it's not, that's not in his wheelhouse. His wheelhouse is telling these really heart wrenching um, stories with a lot of drama. And then those carry over to the match. Absolutely. That's when he is at his best. No, no, absolutely. Let's see what they do there. Um, The, the co-main event, I think this is. Or wait, event. before 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 we go there, let's let's pay some bills. Let's take a quick break to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more. They have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Okay, quick story time. Casino games got me into a little bit of trouble with the wife. Um, I thought, hey, I have some money. I'm going to put it on my BetOnline. I'm going to have a little bit of fun. Um that became an issue because that fun turned into multiple hours me playing <laughs> casino games and multiple deposits so um, just be careful out there casino games are a lot of fun bet online has excellent casino games they're a lot of fun to play um, but just be careful but on the uh, flip side I won't name who it is our friend oh yeah, one big. of our friends had a very successful run on bet online casino games so yeah. you can be Jeremy or you can be our friend you, you yeah, never know I mean, I mean, if you're a jabroni like I am, like you're going to have some problems. But if if you have some luck, I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun to play. So, yeah, visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, so let's dive back into AEW. So um, the second to last match, uh, I believe, was Private Party versus Santana on our tees. Yep. Uh, with Private Party pulling it out to have a title shot against... Uh, we'll spoil it anyways, uh, against Omega and Paige yep. uh, on night two of Firefest next week. Um, I mean, we've we've spoken so highly of Private Party. Their finisher is an all-timer, and if you don't like that, we have two words for you, because that match or that finisher is so dope. It's so Love good. Gin and juice. It's, it's just surprising that no one thought of it before them. Yeah. You know, and, and look, mean, it, it takes two very, very special athletes to be able to do that, and Private Party are very very special athletes so but it's it's just like it's 
when you break it down, it's two very kind of simplistic moves that have been around forever, right? It's a hurricane run into what's basically a diamond cutter. So, yep. you know, those are two moves that people have done many, many times over the years. So for for no one to be like, you know what we should do? Let's combine this. It's cra- I mean, look, maybe it, it just was perfect for a private party and they just it just needed to be them. But it, it was just always been surprising to me that no one thought of it. But that yeah. being said, the way they do it is incredible. It's I'm sure so they good. hurt themselves so many times just trying to like get that down. The, the timing, like, the first time, like the timing is crazy. Yeah. Like just Ooh. trying to get it the first time is probably they probably th- went through so many tries and hurt their backs and whatever. So like, big ups to them for coming up someone coming up with something so innovative. Um, it really makes me want to watch a private party match because I just want to see them hit that move. I, they I mean, also, and they have a. I love private parties entrance. By the way, their weight is like the weight the the amount of uh was it vodka cranberries that yep. they've drank. Uh, twenty four I think it's like twenty four ounces of vodka cranberry. <laughs> twenty four ounces. And they come from any place where you need an invite or something like that. Yeah, you need an invite or oh, something like it's that. Yeah. So good. I mean, they they really lean into that gimmick and it's great. The other thing outside of this match was Orange Cassidy was sitting, <laughs> sitting. next to the announce table while Chris Jericho was Silently. announcing. Um, Jericho was Jesus, so mad. Man. So I really funny. hope that Chris Jericho gets into announcing after he retires from the ring because he is so damn good. He's very good. Um, him and Samoa Joe are just naturals at everything they do. And Jericho really put over Orange Cassidy. And I love that he tried to like charge him. Orange Cassidy kicked the chair out and just walked away casually. And then like <laughs> they had everybody come out and split him up. But um, I can't wait for that match. I think that's going to be really great because I think Jericho will do just enough to put orange Cassidy over make him look really great. Um, and I think that can kind of catapult orange Cassidy into whatever, um, place they want to put him next. I think that's what they're going to use Jericho for is just to kind of put him over, um, something similar to what I think NXT is starting to do with Johnny Gargano. Now that he is, looks like he's going to be feuding with, uh, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yeah. Swerve Scott. Like, I think they're going to start using Gargano as that guy to elevate the, the up and coming wrestler, which is great. I think that's a perfect role for him because he's been in a feud with everybody. Right. He's been in the main event picture. He's been in the North American title picture. The only thing left for him to do now is put people over. So I want to see that from Gargano. I want to see that from, from Jericho. Um, and I think that's going to help build both of those brands on the flip side. NXT we had what Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong in a strap match. Strap match. So, I was initially, or so, the layout of how I was watching it was: I had NXT on the bigger TV, but the volume higher on AEW because I didn't want anyone to be like, you know, you're treating these people unfairly. <laughs> you're treating these two companies fairly. Gave them as much of um, an even playing field as possible. So. Admittedly, I was watching more so Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz. I did do a couple of rewinds on the um, the Loomis Roddy match in it for a strap match, which like that form or that stipulation in a match feels like almost a little too old school. For I low key hate strap matches. I right? don't like them because I feel like it limits what wrestlers can do, and I feel like that was more beneficial to when wrestlers back in the day were a little bit less athletic and like, you kind of just had to add something into like, like a Hogan Andre strat match. Like that would kind of make sense, right? These are two dudes who are kind of limited by what they can do. You mm-hmm. add in the strap, it kind of adds this other layer to the match to in today's wrestling. I, I feel like you don't need it. That being said, this match was actually pretty solid. 
there, there were some cool spots. Uh, uh, Bobby Fish got involved uh, at the end. It ultimately didn't help Roddy. <laughs> Dexter Loomis won. Uh, he's got he's an interesting character. Still trying to figure out his, how I feel about his him. His skin looks like it needs a ton of lotion. Like his skin just looks always sunburned. <laughs> that's your takeaway? That's, actually, I, I, that's just that's something I cannot takeaway. get away from. His skin looks rough. It looks like a lizard skin and I just want to put lotion on it uh, because it just drives me maybe it's bonkers. Part of the, uh, I know he has all those tattoos and like maybe it's part of the look. We don't know. I don't know what it is, but man, it bothers me. Like his skin is always beet red. He's like Brock Lesnar red. It looks it super true. rough and like leathery, and I just I can't get he's over. He's got a he's got a nice fade though. Really, really he jealous of nice that fade, fade. man. Spe- especially of fades. I've 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 had that conversation with my wife now about like, should you cut my hair? <laughs> and I I brought it up to her. I was like, can you do a fade for me? And she just gave me that look, like no, like she was just like, you don't want that because she didn't my she had um cut my son's hair. And it was fine, but like it was a little wonky in areas. And I was like, I, I'm sure if she cut my hair, it would have been. We're also not fragile. seeing people though. I let my wife cut my hair, and I was I like, "Can't do it. Let's just do it." She gave me a decent fade. I just, I'm, I'm yearning for like a Dexter Loomis type fade. We're like, that's a, that, that's a nice tight fade. I also like. I'm going off on a tangent about haircuts now because I need one. Yeah, there's no, this guy you. that I keep seeing on TikTok. By the way, I'm obsessed with TikTok. I don't know what it is, but that fucking shit just keeps reeling me in. There's a guy I see on TikTok who gets the smallest like taper fade and the top of his hair looks like garbage and he pays like a thousand dollars and he like is bragging about it like he's paying a thousand dollars for a haircut. He's getting robbed and I don't <laughs> he's understand. He's getting robbed. Well, you should leave that as a comment because maybe he doesn't know. Maybe this- I mean, I, a lot of people are like, dude, what do you like? That's a $12 haircut. And he's like, I'm paying a thousand dollars. And I'm like, the fuck what are you doing um yeah so back to dexter loomis uh (laughs) you see that transition man i'm on one tonight um i think they're gonna do something with dexter loomis in the top like in the north american picture i think they've kind of elevated him now with the united states title that he could be a main event or like big time player in that brand um, his gimmicks okay. I just can't get over his skin. Like his skin drives me nuts, and I don't understand it. Well, maybe they'll incorporate that into his character. Kind now, of what's happening moving with, forward? This is another thing. What are we doing with the undisputed era? Like Kyle O'Reilly has barely been on TV since this the whole like is, pandemic started. Is he hurt, or is it just a choice? I don't know for him because he was on he was on last week, right? Or yeah, was he it, was like the he was the psychiatrist or whatever. Yeah, like he. I just don't know what they're doing with that. I don't know what they're doing with Roddy and Bobby Fish. Adam Cole obviously still has a belt, but like his title run is on borrowed time. TikTok because Karrion Cross is coming. Um, I'm just I'm I've never been this down on the Undisputed Era. And they, it's kind of it's well they just don't have anything like that. They've ha- they have they've had good stuff for Adam Cole like consistently, right? And I think right now. You know, they kind of took them out of the tag title picture, um, and maybe rightfully so. Like they, they kind of were there for like the longest time. Yeah, they need to figure out what they're doing with the other three, and I think that's why they've kind of stuck Roddy with Dexter Loomis, because look, Roddy's really good in the ring. They're they're clearly trying to build Dexter up to being, um, you know, a legitimate top tier talent in NXT. Mm-hmm. So that Roddy's kind of effectively doing what you were talking about earlier with what Gargano 
is likely going to do with with Isaiah Swerve Scott, right? So, um, and so without O'Reilly, kind of fish is just wait for it a fish out of water. Oh and, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and um, so that kind of just leaves like the other three just in limbo a little bit because Cole's Cole. He's fantastic. He's going to put on amazing matches for the title no matter what. And I'm, dude, I'm so looking forward to that match next week with Keith Lee. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's going to be friggin' incredible. I, um, I think after that, so after that match, like, what's left for him? Carrying Cross? I think after Cross, like, you have to move him and you have to move the Undisputed Era up to your your big-time shows, up to your Raw, up to your SmackDown. They need to be there. Um, it's time. If anything, because, like, they just need fresh storylines on all those programs anyways. Dude, a Drew McIntyre, Adam Cole for the title on Raw would be like there's already a built-in story to that as well, right? Like Cole's yeah. debut was at Drew McIntyre's coronation in NXT. So yeah. that would be even if they don't do incredible. even if they don't drop him into McIntyre right away, what if we got Undisputed Era versus Rollins and the Messiahs? Yes. Or the uh the uh what what their fucking names are apostles what are they called now uh oh my god and we, they know what you're talking about it's murphy and uh yeah what yeah uh, what if we did that who who are the uh who are the heels in that uh rollins i mean i think undisputed era will come in as like the the maybe not the full faces but those people who don't give a shit yeah, like the cheered anyway. Like they're gonna end up being heels, but like their debut is gonna be so beloved that they're gonna end up just being faces for a little bit. So I, I don't know. Like, are I'm they spitballing here? But I would fucking kill to see Seth Rollins versus Adam Cole. Oh, I mean, we got it. We got a little taster of that last year, and it was fantastic. Do you think that they are waiting for crowds to return though? Probably to make that happen, I mean, if, which if, won't, if, won't be like till January at the earliest. If we're being well, like realistic. if Vince had his way, it would have been like last week, right? Um, he, Vince still thinks it's going to happen, but he's not the only one. So I don't. Yeah, I, don't I mean, he is dead set on coming back, and we talked about this uh, last week. Like their handling of the situation leaves much to be desired, and uh, Ten- I really hope that they don't try to like force this situation and try to get some people in there for smaller crowds, like. They were they're already doing it, right? And so those people have clearly already been exposed. Taz, by the way, did you catch that during his promo? No, Taz was dropping bombs. Took took a couple, not even subtle shots at WWE's COVID uh, reaction, but just very, very outward with it. Yeah, he is rightfully so, though. I mean, he he probably knows better than most, just kind of like all the bullshit that happens back there. And I mean, he used to work there, so. so that leads us into let's just shift gears back to we had two great main events uh, on both shows. So where do you want to start? Let's let's uh, let's flip back to to AEW. We we had the AEW tag team titles on the line. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending against the best friends who had one of the greatest entrances for a tag or for a title match period maybe ever. Uh, they had Trent's mom drop them off in a minivan, and uh, her yelling "Have fun" and asking for a kiss was also fantastic. It was just that's just that's just so good. It's great like, comedy. On the flip side, you have like the WWE will do like 
Becky coming up to the, the performance center in a fucking semi and like it just doesn't fit her character at yeah. all like this Wait, is just why, perfect yeah. character building does Becky know how to drive a semi like we should let's dive into that more that right crazy. yeah <laughs> um so I loved it I thought the match was really good really I'm, good. I'm starting to love Omega and Hangman as a tag team more and more I still want that fucking breakup I want it bad you um, you love a good turn on a partner which is why I like God. I keep one eye over my shoulder all the time and maybe why we haven't recorded a lot of in-person shows is i just think you're yeah, clocking it's, in the it's, face with a steel chair it's coming it's coming <laughs> um i just i can't get over the subtle hints that they're dropping in this storytelling it's the same thing that wwe is doing with sasha and bailey like yep. subtleness like they are dropping like little looks uh, the camera is staying on one person for a longer time to yep. see an extra like reaction that stuff is fucking gold. Um, it is subtle storytelling that if done right, right is perfect. And they did it tonight with the interview where you, I actually screenshot and put it up on Twitter. Uh, Hangman just looking like giving Omega the death stare. Yeah. And it's like a quick second, quick second in real time. But if you catch it, um, it's awesome. And I think we've, we've caught something similar with Sasha in the background, looking at Bailey holding the belt. Like, that stuff just works. Um, so really excited to see if they can potentially break this up because I think it'll be great. Um, the match was awesome. Best friends are great. They're uh, a veteran tag team, really know how to work, and I think they are underappreciated um, outside of AEW. I think a lot of people just don't realize who they are or understand the amount of work they've done around the, around the world. So um, they're excellent. The one thing that I had kind of issues with uh, when it came to this match was the post match antics with FTR. Right. I'm not exactly sure as to what they're trying to do with FTR. I thought for sure they would come in and immediately feud with the bucks. They kind of hinted at that, but now they're tagging with the bucks next week. Um, it seems like they're trying to play them off as like trying to be buddy buddies with the elite. And then that may be the way that they kind of separate everybody, but sure. it seems like they're overthinking it. When all you had to do is have them come in, attack the Bucks, and there you go, boom! You have an A-level storyline to go with that everybody's been like kind of salivating over for years. So I, I just feel like they're overthinking it. Do you think that they're going to play a bigger role in Paige turning on the Elite? Maybe Paige starts to lead a new group with FTR kind of at his side. Maybe, but then you start getting into the issue that AEW has way too many factions because you sure. still have That's fair. you have the elite, you have the inner circle, you have uh, the best friends with Orange Cassie, you would have Paige and FTR, you still have whatever the fucking death triangle is with <laughs> Pac and the Lucha Bros. You have Jungle Express, like Brody, you just come Brody Lee Squad, yeah, or Dark Order. I'm sorry, um, way too many factions. Unless they wanted to introduce a six man tag belt, and then that would make it interesting. Um, Which they should do, by the way. I'm a big proponent for six-man tag belts. I think WWE needs to do it as well. Like WWE just has too many people in general, just kind mm -hmm. of doing nothing. And there's not enough belts to go around. Make a six-man tag belt. Yeah, six-man tag would be pretty cool. I think that's the only way you can validate having that many groups of three or more people. Sure, that's a good point. Um, because, yeah, they have a lot. And now they're doing like Matt Hardy and Private Party. So yeah, they're getting into this like weird area now. Of, like, they just have too many factions. So, um, we'll see. I mean, that seems like an interesting uh, avenue to go. Um, and maybe Paige is ready to kind of lead his own group. 
we'll see. Maybe. Um, they were kind of doing the beers thing. Like they brought beers into the ring. Kenny had poured them out and then they got pissed off. And that's how they kind of like get got into a tussle. Right. So maybe it's like, holy shit. Oh my God. I just thought of something. Okay. I like this. Oh man. You Do you should... remember Beer Money Incorporated? Of course I remember Beer Money. Okay. I don't know when fucking Robert Rude's contract is up. And he doesn't even have to be a part of this because James Storm is kind of floating around. What if James Storm came into the, w- the AEW and Hangman created a new version of Beer Money Incorporated? Beer Money 2.0? I'm kind of with, with that. FTR, Hangman, and fucking James Storm. <laughs> or if the Storm doesn't even come in. It's like, fuck it. We're taking the name anyways. Who, who gives a shit? I'm kind of in on that. Dude, you're, you're talking like, I love factions. I love any faction. I love all factions. I uh, used to love Beer Money because like they would roll in on like the the kegerators yeah you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah, like yeah. and they, they had a really great breakup that led into like a really solid tna world heavyweight title feud yes so. that was um, good. fuck i know well, i just look. shit on them having too many too many factions but hey. like now i kind of want to see it hey cody tony that one's free just take that one and and you can you can run with it just remember who who gave it to you though i know <laughs> come on guys like we're just giving you all the ideas so all we all we ask for is a little credit. Maybe have a wrestler come on the podcast. Sure, you know that, that's that's all we're asking. Uh, but we don't ask for much. We're simple men. Like very, we just want very yeah, very simple. So let's move over to NXT. Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks. This is top level match. I mean, Great match. I mean, and he's not shocked either, right? You're like, there's a reason why this was put on last <laughs> because right. everyone knew it was going to be. A banger. Like there wasn't even there wasn't a title on on the line. Okay, uh, so I do have a problem with that though. Oh, okay. Let's talk about like, it. Like I fucking hate non-title matches like this. Like this is a match that everybody's kind of that's been that would want to see. I know that we were probably all anticipating that EO would win or keep the belt anyways, but like something about having it as a title match just adds more cachet and adds more um stakes. But what and I think for, for it, Great American Bash. Make it a title match. Who fucking cares? Would it have been weird to have Sasha essentially be given two title matches, though? Kind of like in a very short amount of time. Because no. So she's already the tag team champion. She's going to face Asuka, right, for for the Raw belt. So then she would, her getting this shot against Io for the NXT title, like she could have potentially been like a triple champion. Yeah. Hear me out. It would have been dope if Bailey and Sasha had all the belts <laughs> well yes i i i'm a big proponent of multi champ people like singular people so yeah i would have been all about that i was just wondering would that have been overkill to, for sasha to have been like the first one of the first no like, because triple... what they're doing right now what bailey and sasha are doing right now is the best thing going in the it company. is really good it's very very like, good it's so fucking gold it and like if they were if they had the balls to put the belts on like all the belts on them just for like a month who cares um they can drop it in some in some wonky fashion but like the amount of content that they would have got out of that especially with Bailey just kind of sitting there like during like a random Sasha match or Sasha sitting there during a random Bailey match with all the belts kind of like strapped on them i think that they did this on friday yeah where they they called like they called Bailey like Bailey Trace belts or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and she she just sat there like a boss. Like I'm, I I I'd want to get weird like that. I think that'd be cool. But this match was pretty solid. Um, Oscar got involved at the bro. end. Oscar yeah. got involved uh, after the match. But no, it was dude. Sasha is 
freaking incredible. Just like watching her in the ring. And EO is just as good. So again, for, for them to deliver when expectations were already very, very high was uh, was was freaking spectacular to watch. EO's moonsault, by the way, is just like it is picture perfect. Picture perfect. It, is, it is a yeah. thing of beauty to watch every single time. So, and she does that thing where, you know, she she does the moonsault and even if the person is on their back, she doesn't care. She doesn't wait for them to flip over. She's doing it. She's hitting you in the back. Yeah, she love is, that. It's that. That's just more vicious to me. She is the genius of this guy for a reason. Yep. She is fucking perfect. Um, I love Io Shirai. I hope that she is in the main event picture for a very long time and she gets all the love that she deserves. One thing that I just saw on Twitter that I didn't catch in real time, apparently Cody Rhodes wore a American Nightmare Cody shirt in the very same font and style as the old Great American Bash um, sign. Oh, shots shots ah man i love petty shots like that ah god i I need it it. did you also see that they're selling uh fake tattoos like the ones on cody's neck (laughs) so my 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 anniversary (laughs) with my wife is this weekend so you i absolutely know what i'm getting her for for a gift it's I mean, press on you, Cody Rhodes tattoos. You should get that Cody Rhodes tattoo, put it on, and then walk in and be like, "Look what I got for our anniversary!" And just have it yeah. on your neck, wrist, COVID, and <laughs> yeah, and put it on my neck. Um, Father of the year, right there. Anyway, um, but no, that's that's fantastic. That's a great find. Whoever whoever found that, that's that's great, great digging into. Oh, it was Gary Cassidy wrestling Gary. Oh, I love Gary Cassidy. He's a uh, we we gotta get him on the show. I'll I'll, I'll talk to him soon. But uh, he's, yeah, all right. He's so legend. What a night of wrestling. We gotta wrap this up because we both have kids and we gotta get those kids to bed. So indeed, um, it was a great night of wrestling. I really uh, really enjoyed it. I can't wait till for next week. I mean, we we get Adam Cole versus Keith Lee, and then we get night two to fire night two of Fighter Fest, which was supposed to be John Moxley versus Brian Cage, but that's been pushed back. Um, due to Mox's situation uh, dealing with COVID in his house. So, um, yeah, can't wait for that. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at 2 Pod, and you can follow us on Instagram at 2 Pod as well. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that red button um, at 2 Jabronis with the Wrestling Podcast. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That is Control with a K. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave that review. Help us climb those uh, Apple Podcast wrestling charts, man. I would love to uh, crack the top 50. Let's, let's set some small goals. So we're yeah, we're let's, like get, 60, let's get all range. the Blue Wire pods up there. Right. Let's, no, let's elevate all, us all. All the Blue Wire pods, the wrestling pods, get us all... Let's let's close it out. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's run let's run the table. Chris Van Vliet leading the way. He's in the twenties, obviously, because he's he's a freaking legend. Um, Top Rope Nation. Those guys are also in the mix. Uh, we're we're very lucky to be in the mix. Fight Game Media in the mix. Um, the, you know it's uh, oh uh, the Andres Hale Kel Dansby pod the, with the name that is now slipping my head slipping my brain. Uh, I was trying to download it before I uh, actually got on with you to you know to record but also their podcast help us close it out let's get the top five wrestling wrestling pod squad pod spots on Apple podcasts but also for our Spotify people hit us on that follow hit us with that follow and uh, listen to us on there if Spotify 
is your jam. All right, everyone. Thanks, as always, for hopping on. It was a fantastic, fantastic evening of wrestling. Thanks for reliving it all with us on this Thursday morning or whenever you are listening to this pod. And as always, in the meantime, please keep washing your hands. Please keep staying home. Keep being safe. Wear a mask. Oh, yeah. Wear a mask. Wear. Yes. Just don't be like Kane, who apparently voted against. Um, he was the sing- singular vote sing- to not wear masks. And if you don't understand the irony of that, yeah, <laughs> or the stupidity of it, uh, I, I don't know what's. Yeah. To, so yeah, make yeah. sure you make sure you wear your mask. Make sure that you practice social distancing. Distancing. Be safe. This thing is continuing to devastate uh, communities. But you guys can do your part by just staying home and staying vigilant. So, again, please, please, please wear a mask and wash your hands. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And as always, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives All right, Matter. everyone. Catch you next week. Or catch you in a few days. Peace. Yeah.